Take your Bibles more and turn to the book of Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, and as I was sitting there just now, I'm kind of thinking, well, my idea of my sermon was pretty good last Friday night when I, I started it. And uh title of it is Why Look Back and Go Forward. Chapter 3 is Paul's testimony to that fact. And you, you think sometimes we spend more time looking in the past than we do anything else. And he, Paul, Paul says at the beginning of chapter 3, starting in verse number 3, he says, For we are the circumcision which, is, which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he were Thereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, is touching the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. He gives all these things that he had done in his past. And if you had looked at Paul as a Jew, you say Paul was the perfect Jew. His righteousness, if you counted righteousness as the Jews would, he was righteous as you could be. He did everything he was supposed to. He knew the scriptures backwards, forwards, forwards, backwards. And he knew them. And he, but the thing was, he, he, he was not really where he needed to be. That's so like a lot of us sometimes. We might be in church all of our life and we might, we might know the Bible, but the question is, where's your heart? And see, that's where his problem was. Because look at his next verse he wrote. He said this, he says, But what things these gained to me, those I count a loss for Christ. Because what seemed like he was a great person or a good person, it really wasn't nothing because his heart did not know Jesus Christ. So when Paul would look back, it hindered him. And a lot of times you ever think about this, so many of us, we want to live in the past. We don't go forward as we ought to. You know, it's important sometimes to be able to look to the past. We all need that, that time when we can realize when we, we got close to the Lord. And I thought about, I said, you know, what about Abraham? When, you know, when, when Abram in Genesis chapter 13, him and Sarai went to, to Egypt because it, it, they, they really weren't listening to the Lord. They just went down there to escape a famine. And he gets down there and he, he tells Sarah to lie about who she is. And, and that causes them all kind of problems. Well, he comes back out and he, he comes to a place called Bethel. It was a place that he had met the Lord before. And it reminded him of the covenant that him and the Lord had. And sometimes we need to look back. If you're a child of God this morning, do you ever look back to when you were saved? Do you ever look back to that precious time when you asked Jesus into your heart? And it's something that we have to do from time to time. It's something that we have to do sometimes just to get refreshment, to, 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 to build ourselves back. 
As David said in Psalms 23, verse 3, he said, He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me by the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Sometimes we have to go back because we need to be restored to remember that time. And I know there's been times in my life I'm, I'm struggling with something and, and it seems to be just this huge giant. It seems to be this mountain I can't overcome. And, and, and God has to take me back to remind me when I gave my heart to him that I belong to him. Yeah. And it's important. <coughs> you think about this. It's one of those things where you, you remember what you were before you became who you are. It's a time to go back and say, Lord, I remember how close I was. How many of you remember when you got saved, the zeal you had, the excitement you had, the joy you had? You know, somewhere along the line, it's like we, we forget that. Some of us become crabby and ill. I don't know about y'all. If I, maybe I'm just the only one that that happens to every once in a while. And God has to remind me, hey, you remember what you used to be, but remember what you are now. Maybe you need to look and see what you picked up along the way that you shouldn't be carrying. And so there's times that he reminds me, like, Lord, I, I just need to come back to you like I was when I first started. That's, that's an important way to look back. At, but I tell you, sometimes you might not have that. You, you ever think about this? Let me ask you a question this morning. Do you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, if you was to die, you'd go to heaven? I mean, just think about it. I mean, uh, the way things are today, it does not matter your age. You know, it used to be. Yeah, how many of y'all remember when, when heart attacks were for old people? Well, one, we're no longer old people, are we? But it seems it's that that age has gotten younger and younger and younger. And now we have diseases that you can be healthy one week and be in the hospital the next week fighting for your life. So if that we're not promised tomorrow, as the Bible reminds us, as the Bible tells us, we're like a vapor here today, gone tomorrow. So my question is, if you were in the gone tomorrow, where would you spend eternity? Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that it's heaven? I, I, you know, I've talked to people, and, and it always amazes me, this, this, this choice. Jimmy, I know you probably heard it. Well, I hope so. Yeah. Well, I, I think so. I'm a good person. And, and, and you know, you can be a good, I know a lot of good people, don't y'all? But that doesn't mean anything in the eyes of the Lord. So I, I have a question. Look, I, well, let me share a verse with you. In Matthew seven twenty one, Jesus says this. He says, not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my father in heaven. See, there's going to be people one day, as we the Bible tells us, that we all have one thing in common. We're all going to die one day. We're all going to stand before judgment. There's going to be different kinds of judgments. There's going to be people who stand before the Lord one day and say, Well, Lord, I, I, I went to church. Lord, I, I was a good person. Lord, I wasn't as bad as Steve. I, I'm, I know I'm all right. But you said those things don't get you to heaven. 
It's he who does the will of the Father. And the Father sent his Son so that we might have a way to heaven. But you've got to accept him as your Savior. Amen. So that's the whole thing. So, I mean, if you look back and say, well, I, I remember going to church. I, I remember hearing a testimony one time of a, of a young man who said that, that when he was applying, he, he loved church. He did all kind of things. He, he got to where he was working in the church and he was offered a job at a church. And so they brought him in. They said, well, first, tell us about your salvation experience. And as he sat there, he said, the only thing I could think of is when I started going to church, I went because there was this little girl who I really thought was cute. So I started going. And when I got there, I really liked it. And he says, as I thought, and I sat there thinking, he says, so I used that as my date. And I told them about it. They gave me the job. He says, I, I, I was really good at it. And I did great. And he said, but that kept bothering me. I cannot say when I really got saved. He said, and the more I thought about it, I realized I never accepted Christ. I just was a good person working for him. You know, like I said, you can be a good person, but if you don't understand John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever so believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And you say, so why is that so important? Because the Bible also tells us because we all deserve death. See, we're all sinners, every one of us. Some of us are more sinners than others, it seems. But let me tell you, sin is sin and it does not matter. And the Bible tells us the wages of sin is death. But through Jesus Christ, he paid those wages for you. And he gave us eternal life. Because in Romans 6, 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, and it also reminds us in Romans 3, 10, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one, for all have come, sinned and come short of the glory of God. See, Paul, when he wrote that, he understood because he had been what he thought was righteous. He had been what he thought was a good person. But then he realized it wasn't true because I didn't know the one who died for me. See, he, he told us, he says, but God commended his love towards us while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. Then Paul tells us how easy it is to accept Christ. He says, if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So Paul said you just got to believe and understand, one, that you're a sinner, that Jesus died for you, and that through that you can have eternal life because he rose again on the third day. And all you got to do is believe it in your heart and then say it with your mouth. 
You see, when the prayer you say is, is not a, something that's special. I, I know when I got saved, but I can't tell you what I said when I asked him into my heart. See, it wasn't the words, it was the condition of my heart. But the words affirmed what my heart already knew. So if you don't know, if you look back and you say, I'm not sure, I want you to pray this prayer with me. And it goes as simple as this. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know that I need you. I ask you to come into my heart, forgive me of my sins and save me. Thank you for loving me when I was unlovable. Thank you for dying for me when I needed it the most. Thank you for saving me. Amen. It's as simple as that. Now, you think, now, if you do do that, when you look back, you can have that. And it's important to have that in your life because there's going to be times that Satan's going to try to tell you you're not saved. The saved person wouldn't act the way you do. You realize, how many of you realize when you got saved, you didn't become perfect? None of us are perfect. And, and that's why we have to do, as Paul said, take and look in chapter 3 of Philippians. He says in verse 13, he says, Brethren, I count myself not to be apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind me, and reaching forth for, to those things which are before. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul says, all the things in my past are not important, but the one thing about Jesus is. And because of that, I'm not going to allow my past to dictate who I am. Because, you know, you think about this. Child of God, how many of you have had a past just recently were something where you've been defeated by Satan. I mean, all of us go through battles every day. All of us have problems. How many of you lost the battle every once in a while? We all do. And it's, it's normal because we fight a war. But guess what? We'll win the war. There are going to be battles that will be lost. And those battles, though, should not define who you are in the future. See, we sometimes have to look back and remember our salvation, but we don't need to focus on the past because what can happen, we'll say, well, I remember when, and it was so joyful back here, but I'm not going to press forward because it's hard to go forward. That's why Paul said he presses, he works. It's a struggle, but he goes forward every day. We're not to look behind. You think in Matthew chapter 5, and Jesus Sermon on the Mount, he talks about as it was written, as it was written. He reminds them of things. He said, you have heard it said by them in the old time, he said. But then he says, but I say unto you. See, Jesus didn't want them to focus on the past. He wanted them to change their normal pattern of thinking and strive to go forward. See, a lot of times that's what, what we're doing. Look, look at 13 as he says, Brethren, I count myself not to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind me, reaching forth for those things that are for me, before me. He's wanting us to remember 
<coughs> we're supposed to go forward. And how do you do that? You go forward in faith. It's a struggle every day, but we have the faith that God gives us to go forward. It ought to be something we work at. He, he says in Philippians, to the church of Philippians in chapter 1, he said this in verse 6, he said, being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. See, Paul told, started off, I love how he starts this letter off. He starts off telling the church that God did something in your life. And that's that, that Bethel in your life, that salvation experience. He's done a good work in you. And it's not like he's going to say, hey, you got saved. You're on your own. Figure it out. He says, no. God said, I'm going to be with you and go with you every day. I began a good work in you and I'm not going to stop it till you take your last breath here and then you'll be home with me. Amen. So you, you think there are times though we want to give up. How many of you have ever just said, that's it, I've had it, I'm ready to give up, I'm ready to stop, things are not like it used to be, things are not like it, it has been in the past. Well, let me ask you a question. God ain't changed, what's changed? Yeah, you know, I think that's our problem. We want to dwell in the past when everything was good. I mean, y'all remember when you, how I many of y'all remember in the past when you used to wake up and you didn't hurt? <laughs> so it was a long time ago, preacher. I can barely remember it. Well, guess what? Don't let that be the thing that says, well, I can't do this anymore. You know what changes? We change. Our desires change. Our, 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 our wanting to press forward. God, Paul didn't say, well, well, God began good work in you and maybe he'll help you go on all the way to the, the day of Jesus Christ. And it says, hopefully, he said he will. Right. That doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. Doesn't mean you're going to be just jumping for joy every day and say, whoa, I feel great every day. I'm ready to charge into it. There's going to be days you wake up and say, I don't believe that I can even go today. But guess what? With Jesus Christ, you can. Amen. He's better than any holders in your cup. He's better than anything you can start to stay with. We need to get excited about who we are. You know, our problem is, is we're like, hey, it's a beautiful day outside. I mean, it's wonderful. But we're, we're, we're more fall people than we are anything. Our spirituality is like fall. We get excited a little bit, leaves change, and say, whoa, don't we look good? Ain't everything good and dandy? But that first cold wind comes along, we just ball up, say, I'm not going out there anymore. Yeah. It's time to hibernate. <laughs> well, guess what, folks? It ain't time to hibernate. It's time to get excited. This ought to be the time of our life that we're more excited because we're closer to him coming back than we were yesterday. Amen. Do you realize the battle that we're in is getting harder and harder and if God's people gives up, there will be more people lost. I mean, we, we, you, you, a while ago, we are reminded every Sunday morning how precious a child of God is. When we get through with our scene and a group of little kids get up and we get to see them walk out, do you realize the battle we're fighting is not for us, but for them? Because if the Lord tarries his coming, what kind of world will they face 
if we quit. It's like this. If you quit being a parent, how are your kids going to turn out? Well, church said, well, I'm old. My kids are grown. Well, let me tell you. These little kids here, if you're a child of God, are in your family. Every one of them. How many of you pray for them? How many of you pray for their mates? So well, they're awful young. Now's the time it needs to be happy. God prepare whoever you're putting in their life now. Lord, put a hedge of protection around them now. Help them to understand the gospel now. Because we're living in a generation. I mean, you think about it. When we were kids, almost everybody knew what churches were. You think how many churches we have around here. Do you realize how many people we have that are not even affiliated or even go to? Closest they'll come to a church is when they drive by on this road out here. And if that's it, how are they hearing the gospel? How are they hearing the good news if God's people have given up? We're too busy looking at the glory days. We're too busy looking at the past. Oh, I remember when the church was full. I remember when the parking lot was full. I remember when we did this. I remember when we were talking about building. I remember this. I remember that. I remember this. Well, what changed? Well, people left. Well, what changed? Well, this stuff, what changed? We changed. Yeah. We quit pressing towards the mark. We quit getting excited about church. How many of y'all prayed for the service this week? I mean, you might be saying, I pray that Steve doesn't spit on me. I pray that we get done early. I pray that the service gets done quick so I can go home. But I'm going to ask a question. How many of you prayed God sets people here to gospel today? How many of you prayed that somebody gets saved today? How many of you prayed for something wonderful to happen today? How many of you pray for his movement of the Spirit and it started in you today? Well, I'm afraid to do that. What if he tells me i got to do something I don't want to do? Well, woo! I'm sorry. You know, I, you know, our problem is we're afraid that somebody else might... Here, 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 here's your typical Christian view of church. I'm afraid somebody's going to take what responsibility i got. I'm afraid somebody's going to do something and that's going to make me have to get up and do something. Uh-uh-uh. Whatever happened to I want to move with the Holy Spirit. I want to see people <coughs> saved. I want to be closer to Him. We have, we have drifted away. We have turned more backwards than we have forwards. And we forget that we're pressing towards the mark of the pride. Listen to how He put this. Look, if you don't hear nothing else, listen to this. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul says, I want to obtain something. What do we obtain? We want to obtain God's blessing. We want to obtain God's obsess. Uh, I just lost where I was going with that one. Acceptance. There we go. If God looked at you today, how pleased is he in your walk? If God, if, if God, I, I mean, how many of us realize that we, we, we are bold in our walk? 
Or are you to where the, the enemy doesn't even want to see you get up and go get ready for church? You know, I mean, you, how many of you learned that, that God's power is more important than anything else? You know, you think about something. Our faith and his faithfulness are perfect together. His faithfulness is awesome. But what about your faith? Does it, come, does it rise to the standard? Does it rise to the challenge? Or are we content where we're at? You, you know, Paul said in, that, in, in verse one, chapter 1, verse 6, he says, being confident of this very thing, being confident of this very thing, which he has begun the good work in you, will perform it until the day of the, the day of Jesus Christ. Paul said, God knows what he's doing. He says, I, I put something in you that's going to stay busy. I put something in you when you got saved. The Bible tells us that we're a temple of the Holy Spirit. How's your temple this morning? I mean, is there anything there? Have you seen that paint commercial where they walk in and there's no furniture in their room and they say, we want everybody to see the paint? How many of us are like that? Well, there's nothing there. I, I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit, but really I have nothing in there to show for Well, he began a good work in you. Are you continuing work? Uh, Paul, 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 Paul compared being chi a child of God, being saved, as running a race, fighting a fight, pressing forward. Nowhere in there does it say, hey, I got saved and I sat down. Everyone says, well, he does call people to be cheerleaders. Well, are you cheering? I mean, you'll go to the ball game and get excited. Let somebody do something wrong, we get excited. But what about just waiting on the Holy Spirit to do something? We ought to be standing there, man, I hope somebody goes to the altar. I want to rush down and pray with them. So, well, well preacher, I don't like to I go to the first pew and, and just get back, raise my hands and pray and say, Lord, whatever they stand in need of, whatever they are, just be excited that somebody made a move in the Holy Spirit. But instead we're going, well, hopefully they'll get done because got crock, crock pots on high and food might burn. We're more concerned with ourselves than we are in the Holy Spirit movement. We're not pressing forward. We're not excited about who we are. We need to realize that God has called us. We've got a short time, and that window's getting closer and closer to being closed. So let me ask a question. When, 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 if you die before the Lord comes back, what are people going to say about you? Well, I really like them, but boy, they sure was a pain. They never got excited. You, you realize when you're lying in that casket, have you ever seen anybody smile lying in the casket? 
Better do it now. You better be excited now. Because when you take that last breath, that's it. How many of us are excited? How many of us are ready to press towards the mark? How many of us are looking forward? Just think, when you leave here, you have an opportunity to tell somebody about Jesus. To show somebody what a Christian is. To lift somebody up. Maybe it's more what you ought to do is get out there, stand in the parking lot, and as everybody goes by, just ask the Lord to bless them. Do something. Because God's called us to press forward. Not to look backwards. Look back if you're in trouble at your salvation, but then turn around and charge forward. Be like David. Charge towards that giant. Because God's already won the victory. No matter how bad you think it is. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you this morning. Lord, I, I know the message you gave me Friday night and the message I worked on are, and the message here this morning are, are different things. But Father, I know what it is. Somebody here today has started looking backwards more than they're looking forwards. Lord, I know I've been guilty of that many, many times. And Father, what they need to do is stop and press forward. So Father, I pray right now that you'll remind them that they need to have a change of heart. Quit looking backwards. Father, you tell us those who've got their hands on the plow and look backwards not fit for the kingdom of heaven. Help that individual today who needs to look forward. Help us all press towards the mark. Father, I pray you touch some hearts, open some eyes, Stand to your feet. We're going to sing page 113. 113. We sing.
just pours the spirit out on us, but sometimes we're 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 like instead of catching it, we got an umbrella over us trying to get away from it. Realize how much God loves you. You are a child of the living God. He loves you so much. He wants to be closer to us, but the thing is sometimes we don't want to be close to him. So I pray this week that you that you search for him. As he said to Jeremiah, search for him while he can be found. Again, we don't know how long we have. So I pray you have a blessed and wonderful week. I pray that this week is just, as the weather is just not raining and it's beautiful, that you can just see the hand of God all around you. So I pray that maybe God will show up and show out in your life this week. Wayne, would you close us in prayer this morning? Father, Lord, we thank you for this day, God. Thank you for letting us come today, God. Thank you, Lord, for this beautiful Lord, that you're doing for us. Be with each and every one that comes here today. Have a life with us. Just lift them up, God. Just bless them, Lord. Thank you so much for what you're doing in our church, Lord. I pray, God, for so many that's sick and hurting, Lord, it's, it's not here, it won't be here. Lord, I just pray that you would just touch them, Lord. It's your will.
And I had to go back by my house, and I realized I left my overdose too bad. Yeah. So, absolutely crazy.